This is a humongous five. If there's more than five, this is the one. <laughs> like the crying is crazy. <laughs> being a minimalist and having kids is kind of tough, but you can definitely do it. It's just a matter of being super intentional. Is to just own what you need, you know? Totally. That is all you need. <laughs> Welcome to Spark. I'm Angela Wagner. And I'm Nicole Esquino. And together we're here as your host for a mix of happy hour style venting and results-based coaching. Spark is a judgment-free space where we'll chat about both the brilliant bits of life as well as the bits that are a little more sucky. With lightness, laughter, and the belief that there's no such thing as oversharing, we'll guide you in finding clear paths out of murky messes and toward discovering inspiration in everyday moments. This week, we do a deep dive into our obsession with clearing out clutter. We also get an update on how Nicole's minimalism is holding up with a house full of baby stuff. All right. Welcome back, lady. All right. Let's do it. I am like so excited about this episode. I can't even tell you. <laughs> Me too. I'm, ge- I'm getting the tingles for talking about decluttering. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit more about the specifics of that. But like, let's just see what is your new year been like so far? Anything exciting going on with little baby girl? Oh, little baby girl is growing. She's getting bigger. And we we just started getting into that stage where she's full on laughing and smiling and she's finding her fingers. And like yesterday she found her tongue. It's like the smallest little things excite me now. <laughs> I'm like, oh my you gosh. found your tongue. <laughs> it's so sweet, isn't it? It's so cool to watch them develop. Oh, it is. And like how excited she gets when she sees her fingers and then she'll like forget about them. And then again, later, she'll like see her fingers again. And she's like, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, it's just so cool to watch it happen. The best is when they start laughing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I know. We just started that. And she doesn't do it all the time. But when I like play with my hair in her face, like when we're doing yoga on my mat and I put my hair in her face, she like loses it. It's amazing. Oh, that's so sweet. I know, but I can't get it like on video. I've tried so many times. As soon as I bust the phone out, she's like, nope. (laughs) Yeah, I know. They always do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's like, I know what that is. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not going to perform for you. (laughs) (laughs) Not your performer. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. All right. So we're going to go back to sucky moment of the week. We've been doing brilliant moment of the week, which is super fun, but there's also the reality of sucky moments. So. Here's our sucky scale, one being kind of sucky, five being super sucky, one, two, three, seriously, four, five. So, Nicole, what do you rate this sucky moment as? This is a humongous five. If there's more than five, this is the one. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. All right. We got to hear it. So tell us about it. 
Okay, so baby Fiona was fantastic the first few weeks, like really easygoing baby. And then about week three, I learned exactly what colic is. I've heard other people talk about it, but it wasn't until that moment, week three, when we full on fell into colic. And I can say with 100% certainty that it is absolutely no joke. Colic is a serious thing. <laughs> um, it went on for weeks, like crying for no reason. That If you don't know what colic is, colic is crying with seemingly nothing being wrong. Like I'm not hungry. I don't need a diaper. You know, nothing fixes it. It's just, just upset for a long period of time, several times throughout the week. And it lasts for hours and there's really nothing you can do about it. So it was insane. I thought I was going to lose my mind. <laughs> yes. I went through the same thing. And so, yeah. Oh, people don't get until you go through it. And it is not fun. It is not fun. It is honestly, I've never felt so helpless in my life. Like there was nothing I could do to make it better. And it just, there's nothing like you just have to hang on. And that's when we, when we talked to her doctor, she was like, hang in there. And I was like, really, that's it. Hang in there. <laughs> that's the answer. So yes, this was 100% huge number five moment for us. It went on and on, but we are on the other side of colic now. I will say we did survive it, but dude, it was no joke for a while there. Well, and she had more than colic, too, because she had like the painful gas stuff, which Zoe had too. Yes. So she had to, which if those of you who don't have kids, they have to learn how to fart, which is crazy. I did not know that was a thing, but they honestly, I mean, I mean, it makes sense now. Like you don't know how to do anything, but she had to learn how to fart and it was crazy. So the combination of tooting and colic at the same time was insane. And bless her heart. I just felt so bad for her. I felt like she was miserable all the time there in the beginning. So if you know people and they say their baby is colicky, oh my goodness, like give them a hug, give them a high five. I don't know. <laughs> give them a place to sleep. I know. I remember yes. saying like, Everyone needs to give newborn parents even just their warm car an escape for an hour. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> go for sleep a few in the car. <laughs> yeah, because it's not only like the crying is crazy, but it like will whittle you down. Like it'll break your heart. It'll wear you down emotionally, physically, mentally on every level. And then on top of that, you're already tired. Ooh, it was crazy town. Crazy town, people. Crazy town. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, I can relate. And then Zoe also had she threw up like eight times oh. a day because of her oh my allergy stuff. Yeah. So it was like, it was insane. But I um, I know when you were going through it, I was like, oh. I just I remember thinking like, I would never wish this on any human ever, ever. You know, because mm -hmm. it's like, it's literally like you, I felt like I was going crazy at one point. Yeah, because there's nothing you can do. That's the part that like was so debilitating. Like you're used to being able to fix things. Like I can, you know, I just need to do this and then it'll be better. I need to do this and it'll be better. But there's nothing. There's nothing to do to make it better. I tried everything. I Googled to the end of the earth. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did too. We yeah, had there's... one song that sometimes would work and it was Bruce Springsteen's song. It was so oh. weird. And John would just blare it and she'd, he'd put it in her ear. And once in a while, she would like stop crying for that song. Oh, my gosh. We... Do you want to hear what our... Our song was, are you ready for it? It was Miley Cyrus's Party in the USA. Oh, how funny. Oh, I don't know. I don't know why she liked that one, but it worked every now and then. But that's kind of like what colic is, is you'll figure something out and it'll work for a little while, but it doesn't work every single time. And so we just kept literally rotating, trying all these different things. But she was a big fan of the Miley Cyrus song. I have no idea why, but she loved it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well... 
Here's to you being out of that stage because oh, thank goodness it only gets better from here. I'm telling you, after Zoe went through that, I mean, I we didn't want a third anyway, but like we were so like no way. And I mean, the doctor, the gastro doctor we went to, he was like, you know, this just happens to some babies where they feel the pain of like every gas bubble and every digestion, and they, you know, it's just like the first three months they're trying, their bodies are still trying to like adjust to being out of the womb. And he said some babies just feel pain more than others. And he was like, generally, when we have a baby like this, they end up being an only child. And he's like, we have one. We had one and we have only one child. (laughs) (laughs) No, I totally, totally understand it. Yeah. So I'm not saying you're not going to have another one. But I mean, like it takes I think it takes a while to forget all that. You know, you're like, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Like when people ask me about it right now, I'm like, talk to me in a few months. okay? (laughs) yeah, see where we're at. But now we're having a lot more fun. So I will say that my inspired action from all of this crazy colic stuff was to be very patient, like not just with the baby, but like with myself, knowing that I'm doing everything I can and then and just let it happen. Be patient and know that it does get better. And then and when you forget that, start chanting it. Be patient. It does get better. Be patient. It does get better. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I remember thinking my go-to saying at the time was, this is just a moment in time. This mm-hmm. is just a moment in time. And I think whenever you're in any – so like if you don't have a baby and you can't relate to the story, that doesn't mean like this whole lesson doesn't fit, right? Because we all have situations where we feel like we can't fix something. We're super – anxious, we feel helpless, we whatever, fill in the blank, right? And or we're super sad, right? Something happens and we're super sad. And I think if you just think about that, like you said, be patient, know it gets better. It's only a moment in time. It's like this too shall pass, right? Oh, yeah. And I feel like we can all use that in so many situations. It does get better. It does get better. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So let's talk about the SPARK program. It's the beginning of the year. You've already set your goals. And then now what? This is where you actually set goals and you work on them. You take action steps and you actually complete them. Spark is what helped me go from wanting to be in a certain place in my life, living in a certain way. Spark is what helped me actually to get there. So if you're ready to take the next step and you got the goals, you kind of know where you're wanting to go. Or even if you don't know and you just want some direction, this is where you get the tools to get started and stay motivated and actually start making some steps towards the goals you want to complete. So if you're ready, this is where you need to start. Yeah. So check it out, AngelaWagnerCoaching.com and click on work with me and then click on spark. And you'll see that we're running a special for the new year right now. So it's um, significantly discounted. So get that before that goes away. Awesome. Okay, so we are going to move on to our favorite topic, which is clutter or lack thereof, I guess. Our favorite topic would be not having clutter. (laughs) Yeah, no clutter. I like it. (laughs) So if you're a new listener or you haven't um, listened to some of the past things we've talked about, you can go back and listen to some of the episodes. There's some really great ones that we did earlier. But we're going to be revisiting a lot of that this year. And we'll give you guys more details, but we're completely rebranding the company and our focus and everything. And a huge part of what we're going to be working on is simplicity in everything we do. And the biggest part of that, I think, is clearing out your physical space. And that's really the reason that I'm kind of going towards that is because it's what really excites me. But it's also where I've seen the biggest change for people. And I'm always amazed that no matter what program I create for the yoga students or online or whatever, 
how much feedback I get about how much stress people are under. Like, you know, the, the women that I coach were all like really busy, generally working women or full-time moms that do a ton of stuff are just su- like just super awesome, right? At life, but don't take care of ourselves because we just are always taking care of others and things, right? And so what a lot of times people don't realize is that the physical space that you have, whether it be your car, your bedroom, your office, your home, if it's cluttered, it can add an amazing amount of stress to your life. And I've been going through this process for years now, and it's been kind of an interesting process. So I'm really excited. Nicole and I are working on developing another online program that's going to be just specifically about creating a simple home. And so that's something really fun that we're so excited to do. But we just want to touch on it a little bit about kind of where we each are in the process and hopefully give you guys some tips and tools as the new year comes out. Like it's funny, I was talking to my husband and I'm like, you know, I totally get why at the beginning of the year, we all go towards like fitness and exercise because there's so many events and we eat all this heavy food and there's all these big holiday meals and Christmas cookies and we stop going to the gym and yoga. But I'm like, why is it such there's such a focus at the on the new year of cleaning out clutter? Because it seems to be, you know, a big topic as well. And he said, you know, I think it's because a lot of it has to do with the whole Christmas, like everyone getting all these new things. And then they just feel sort of like overwhelmed. And then also like you're, you know, as we're putting away the Christmas decorations, like everything just starts to feel like you kind of have an eye on your space in a different kind of way. Oh, yeah, totally. I think that's when you realize how much stuff you really have. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is kind of crazy. Even this this year, like I got rid of probably half of our Christmas decorations. I just was like, I don't love this. I don't love this. I don't love this. Why do I put this out? You know, mm-hmm. we did the same thing. I did that last Christmas. I got rid of a lot of stuff. And what's cool is that now this Christmas, when I was wanting to put stuff up, I was like, very intentional about, oh, I love this. This is coming into my home. I love this. I don't love that. So that's not coming into the home kind of thing. And it totally changes the way you buy, which is neat. Yeah. And I noticed like I used to dread pulling out the Christmas stuff because it was such a production. And now I'm like, oh, I mean, I got us down to like maybe two bins. And then like, I think we'll have and then the Christmas tree and the in the outside lights, but like say two bins of decorations. And one of them isn't even going up in the attic. I cleared out so much stuff in the house that I have like all this extra space in a closet. And like a lot of the the Christmas stuff that was like, I have these like reindeer glasses and reindeer dishes and stuff that I love. And Luke is obsessed with. So we're like, these have to stay, you Mm -hmm. know, but wrapping those up to make them safe to go into an attic was always just like, oh, well, now I just like put them in a bin and I don't even have to put them in the attic. And I'm like, it's going to be so fun next year to take down the Christmas stuff, you know? Yeah, because I think it's supposed to be fun, like decorating and getting ready for the holidays is supposed to be fun. But when you accumulate so much stuff, it becomes this chore of putting all of this stuff up and I have to put it all out. I have to do all of this. But when you get it down to the things that you absolutely love, it goes back to being fun again because I had a blast putting our stuff up. I mean, granted, it was very little, probably even compared to what you have. It was very little, but it was still, I was really excited about each piece that went up. I was like, yes, I love that. I think you really hit on it. That's such a key thing that I've been working on in our home and then just kind of in the research for our, our program and everything is that our things, our home, our space is supposed to be joyful, right? It's certainly something like holiday decorations, right? Because like no one says you must have holiday decorations. Exactly. So if they don't bring you joy, then you definitely just like, why put them up? But Or maybe like you have kids and you don't love putting up the tree, but you know it's important to them. But then it's like, 
we got rid of like half our ornaments last year. I forgot we had done it. So putting up the tree was just not as stressful because there just there wasn't like an ornament every half an inch or whatever. So I think, you know, when you're going through your home and when you're going through your space, it's like what doesn't give you a positive vibe? What doesn't bring like good not to be too like woo-woo yogic, but like good vibes, good energy, good juju. And what gives you stress? You know, so I'll give you guys a little update. Like John and I, we we had like a breakdown moment over the holidays because like the kids were home from school and we didn't even have that much time off. Like I was at the studio doing all the specialty classes and John, like he took one day off, but like we're still like, we're in jobs where we work when other people don't. So like, you know, we Mm -hmm. weren't taking a ton of time off with the kids, but the time we did have, we were like super stressed. And I think it's because the kids were off for two weeks and and it was so cold. We couldn't take them outside. So everyone just had, yeah cabin fever, blah, blah. (laughs) So we like lost it one day. And you know, I've been cleaning out for the past couple years, and we don't buy a ton of extra stuff. So I was like, why is this still happening? And some of it's the kids stuff, right? Just like toys, we asked parents to be really intentional. And they were really good. They most for the most part, um, everyone was intentional and only got stuff off their list. But then there was still like extra stuff, just, you know, friends and other family members, just people giving gifts. So we had that. And then the kitchen, like, this is where the moment happened was like, so we don't have bottles or anything anymore, right? So there like technically shouldn't be like this amazing amount of like clutter on the counter of like the bottle stuff. When I got rid of bottles, I thought, oh, I'm going to feel so free. Well, mm-hmm. now it's just like all these plastic cups and, and I don't put any of the plastic in the dishwasher since I've been taking this class, just FYI for you guys, even if it says dishwasher safe, just don't put any plastic in the dishwasher. But so, and so I was like, this is crazy. And then, you know, they would just take another cup out and be like, I want water, I want milk. And so by the end of the day, there'd be like four cups per kid out and then there'd be bowls everywhere, this and that. And I'm like, this has to stop. This is ridiculous. And so when they went to bed, John and I literally were just like, I think I forgot to take a picture and I already gave it away. I'm so bummed. But I mean, we literally, I was like, okay, we kept two cups per kid and they were the non-plastic ones. And we like, Luke can eat off regular plates. So we just kept like two bowls for Zoe and like one or two dishes. And that was it. And we got rid of everything else. And we were like, you get a milk cup and you get a water cup per day. And that is, that is all you need, you know? (laughs) Totally. That is all you need. (laughs) Yeah. And so, but it was so hard because I was like, oh, so-and-so gave us this cup or this or, you know, this came from, you know, granny's house and maybe she wants it back. And John's like, no, put it in the bag and donate it. Like we're done, you know? And so, I mean, it's kind of insane, but I know that that happens with a lot of parents with like the, the dishes type of stuff. And so it was such a simple solution that we hadn't thought of, you know? Yeah. I mean, if it's bothering you, I feel like it's time for it to go. Done. (laughs) Yeah. So literally I go, anything that annoys me right now, I was like, we are done with it. I was like, it's (laughs) going out of the house. And so, and the other time it happened was like in the next day. So (laughs) this is a funny story. We have these stupid, or say they're stupid now. They're like incredibly expensive. They were given to us as gifts. Salt and pepper They're not shakers. They're like electronic. They have a light on them because, you know, you're dining in the dark. Like, when do you ever need your salt (laughs) and pepper shaker to light up? Never. (laughs) And so you press the top and it grinds the salt and pepper and seems really cool, right? Well, there's six batteries in each of these puppies, right? Wow. And they're really tall. So I can't tell you how many times a day it gets knocked over. Well, it gets knocked over and guess what? One of the batteries jostles out of place. Then you got to go. You got to get the freaking wrench and I don't even know it takes forever so 95% of the time the thing the salt part is just sitting not working in the corner and annoying us right Mm -hmm. and I was like this thing 
I was like, I don't care that we got it as a gift. I hate this thing. I was like, I'm done with it. And John was like, yes, please. And so I go over to like this cabinet. I find a normal salt and pepper shaker that we had, you know, got as a gift for our wedding. That's like gorgeous and beautiful. And I put it and it fits in our spice drawer. So it's not even on the counter. And I was like, here. And I'm like, boom, that thing is gone. And John's like, yes. I know it's amazing. Like that's a magical moment though. And that is gone. And now you have something simple and it serves its purpose and you're totally done with the other. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I know these stories seem kind of silly, but, and maybe it's because we're tired. We're just lightly, not tired of life. I shouldn't say that. (laughs) We're just, we just have a lot going on with the kids and stuff. So we have a little like extra layer of stress than we used to. But it's like, even if you don't, like, do you really want to be spending how much of your time fixing a salt shaker? Like I don't, right? And it, and is it that important to have this sort of like fancy thing? Now, if it totally lights you up and you don't mind going and fixing it every other day, then, then fine, like have it and enjoy it. But for us, I'm like, why are we doing this? So, you know, if you can look at each item, pick one room in your house. So we started with the kitchen and it was like, what stresses me out here? Because the kitchen for most families is like the main room of the house. It's where you spend the most time, right? And so mm-hmm. that needs to be a safe haven. And for a lot of parents, especially, it's not, right? It's just like a stress place. So that's what we've been working on. And I can give you guys some more tips on what we've been working on. But I just kind of wanted to share that that's where we are. So we, I'm taking the clean out to a whole nother level. And I think I used to always say I'm not a minimalist and I'm still not, but I think I'm going in that direction. Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So tell me where you are, because you're kind of like on the opposite side of the spectrum where you were like so minimalist, but then you had a baby. Yes. So I would definitely say we were hardcore minimalist there for a while. And now with little Miss Fiona, she requires some things <laughs> that we definitely did not have in the home before. And I will say that babies require some like really big items. It's a little nuts. Like they have this pack and play. They have cribs. They have a changing table. Oh my goodness. My mind almost exploded when all of this was coming into the home. Oh, I was laughing. I was like, Nicole's got to be going crazy here. Oh, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's like having additional pieces of furniture, which I already had issues with furniture, you know. So this is it's funny to like be adding in this furniture. But what I've come to realize now is that a lot of these pieces are needed. They are 100 percent necessary, like the changing table. I was adamant (laughs) against not getting a changing table. I was like, we don't need one. I'm going to change her on the bed like that's just an extra piece of furniture. That's crazy. I was really serious about it. But after like a month of bending over and like rounding my back to change, you know, the 9,000th diaper of the day, I was like, this is not, I mean, this is stupid. Like, why am I doing this to myself? Go get the freaking changing table. (laughs) So my sister gave me a pack and play, which has a changing table on it. And I was magic. I was like, why were we not doing this the whole time? And I was like, ah, they they did tell me I was going to want the changing table. Angela said it. My sister said it. Uh, they said I was going to want it. So I'm kind of at a different level with minimalism now. I am, am accepting some of the things the baby needs to come into the house, the big items. So the changing table came in, a rocking chair came in, a lot of those Aww. things. So we have, we do have some items in the house that normally would not be here. But I will say that, you know, those lists, you know, because you're obsessed with reading when you're a brand new mom, I was obsessed with reading everything on the internet at first until you told me to get away from all of it. <laughs> yeah, don't um, read anything. <laughs> don't. 
but those lists are like, you know, 55 things you must have before you bring baby home. (laughs) Yeah. Like it was crazy. The crazy, the number of things that people tell you that you do need. And so I was very hesitant to bring anything in the home. And so I kind of just, we just kind of went as we went along. I was like, okay, yeah, we do need that. We do need the little swingy thing. We do need the little jumpy thing. I don't even know what these things are called. They're all just jumpy things, (laughs) but I'm being much more intentional with what we are allowing to come in the home. Like it has to be useful. Um, and it has to take up the amount of space that I have. Like I'm not being crazy. Like we don't have a ton of space. So if I don't have space for it, then we have to find something smaller, but I'm in my mind, how I'm dealing with it is that it's just a phase. Like she is not going to be able to fit in that swing forever. She cannot fit in that pack and play forever. So it's just phasing some of these pieces in and then allowing them to phase out. So that's kind of where I'm at on the minimalism thing. So it's coming in, some of it's going out and it's just, I don't know, I'm finding like a happy rhythm with it. Cause at first it was really, I was going nuts. Oh, yeah, you have to. And it's but it's like you said, and babies are funny, because you need like a lot of stuff the first like six months to a year. My friend said this, he was like, after a year, he's like, you can pretty much get rid of almost everything that you had. And then he's like, and then it's super easy, you know, and even now with Zoe, who's 20 months, like, I don't even sometimes bring a full diaper bag. Sometimes I'll just bring like wipes and a diaper. And that's like all I need, you know, so well, and a bib because she's a mess. But you know, whereas before it was like everything, every time we left the house, it was like ridiculous. Yeah, which that's new for me, like stuff being required. Like I don't even carry a purse. And so yeah. it was <laughs> tough for me. I have like a wallet and that's it. And then when this tiny human came along, she required a whole backpack of stuff. And I was like, what? <laughs> so it, I seriously had to relax my whole view on stuff because stuff stresses me out. And I was like, some of the stuff I have to have. So I had to like come in with, all right, we need these things. They're not forever, but we do need them right now. But yeah, now I carry a whole backpack every time I leave. Yeah. Well, that's what I did is I just switched to a a diaper backpack and then I put, because I usually carry a full purse, but I just put all the things I normally need are just always in the diaper bag for me. And then I just take my wallet in there. So that way I'm not carrying like an extra thing. But yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, being a minimalist and having kids is kind of tough, but you can definitely do it. It's just a matter of being super intentional. And if those of you that are parents, if you're interested in this and you haven't listened to um, the episode, I can't remember what it is. We'll put it in the show notes, but it was with um, Danae Barahona, who is the um, the founder of Simple Families. And so she's a minimalist and she actually has a PhD in I think it's child development. She's just so knowledgeable. She's an amazing resource, but she has a great blog. She's an awesome podcast on kids and just always educating people on how to simplify with children because I think it's a whole nother beast. Totally. Yeah. And I think now I'm kind of going towards like the word minimalism can be super scary, I think, for people. And so kind of like when I especially because Vic is not nearly as minimalistic as I am. I just kind of tell him it's like our version of minimalism. Like it doesn't have to fit this like specific definition. Like we're making it work under our terms and with a baby. This is just what minimalism looks like at this Kino house right now. (laughs) Yeah. And I get, yeah, I never like to use that word either. Like I'm really going towards simplifying, right? So like just being simplify your life because what adds overwhelm for most of us is just excess. And it could be excess in things, excess in food, excess in, you know, thoughts, excess. You can apply 
apply that to pretty much anything and everything that stresses you out. And so when we're talking about minimalism, it's really about only the things that have a purpose or a joy in your life. And we all, like most people, I shouldn't say all, but (laughs) most people admit and say they have too much stuff. You know, I mean, the fact that I think it's like one in every 10 households in the US, don't quote me on that, um, has an external storage unit offsite of their house. Like, that's Mm. insane. Oh my goodness, that causes me great anxiety. <laughs> yeah, and I was one of those people for my because I, I was like, oh, I live in a twelve hundred square foot condo, but like, so that's actually not that's not that small. And I didn't like I had my storage unit for almost ten years. So how much money did I spend on that? And then after oh, ten man. years, let me tell you, I ended up throwing away almost everything in there. It was such a waste. And I'm like, what am I? You know. So now I look back and I'm like, oh, so crazy. But one of the things, so I've been reading a lot of different books and, you know, different perspectives on this. And I think, you know, you definitely have to figure out the best way to do it for you, right? So you could do the Marie Kondo method, which is does this spark joy? And again, I think we've covered a lot of this in prior episodes. So just check back to last year's role and see what what we had covered if you're interested in more specifics. There's actually two men that have a company called The Minimalists. They did a documentary and they do some really extreme stuff. Like they do something called like the packing Mm -hmm. party or something like that, where you literally take every single thing in your house and you pack it like you're moving. And then and then there's this whole process. Now that to me is like crazy and extreme, but you know, you find what works for you. And one of the things that I hadn't heard of, so does this spark joy is Marie Kondo. You ask yourself if every item sparks joy. Generally minimalists will ask the question, does this add value to my life? But this question I really liked and I hadn't heard it, which is when you look at an item or you're going through it, deciding if you should keep it, you ask yourself, what do I expect to achieve by keeping this item? Oh, yeah, that's good. I was like, that's brilliant, right? And for me, when I started to ask myself, because there's, I love getting rid of stuff, I love to de-own, but there's still stuff that I'm like, I've decluttered this house or this closet five times in the past five years, and yet I still have this, you know, these outfits I've never worn in the past five years. So there's still a block, right? And so that's when I shifted in a big way, like all that stuff just went out the door to a charity, because I was like, what am I trying to achieve? Yeah, that makes me totally, I'm thinking about it in a different way now. Like it's making me reevaluate some of the things that even I have. And I'm like, hmm, why am I keeping that? Like, what am I going to achieve by having that item? I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I using can't that imagine one. you need to get rid of anything though. Be I careful. Feel like there's, I feel like there's still some stuff. And Vic says that it could be my addiction to getting getting rid of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be careful. <laughs> He's like, you're going to start getting rid of essential items soon. But I feel like if I go at it and you look at things in a new way, it'll, I don't know, it just helps you understand why you're keeping things. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And certainly for the tough stuff that you, for whatever reason, haven't gotten rid of, but you sort of like feel like, well, you know, they don't bring you value or joy, but you're still keeping them, right? Exactly. So that's always a good one. And I think it's really important. One of the things that Nicole and I will focus on in the program that we create will be like the why of why we're keeping it. Because it's one thing to declutter, right? Like getting rid of stuff, de-owning it. Like you could be like Nicole and I, totally addicted to it. Like I get this major high. A lot of people do. But what I didn't realize was that I was then bringing stuff back in at the same rate, or maybe not at the same rate, but 
I mean, I don't go to the mall. So in my head, I was like, oh, I don't shop. But let me tell you, my Amazon was like full speed ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. And so I was maybe replacing things in a different kind of way. I don't know. It's really interesting. But we're going to get into a lot more of the specifics of that in the program so that we can really help you guys figure it out. Because for me, it hadn't been a permanent solution to my anxiety. It was just a constant clean out. So then what that becomes is even more anxiety in your life because you're just in this constant cycle, right? Yeah. Once you find the why, that's when it really gets down to you're being way more essential, way more intentional with everything. Yeah. And like really looking at, because a lot of people will say, well, why are you doing this? Like my mom was joking. She was like, John, you better watch out because you might get thrown out soon. You might be get, get sent to Goodwill. <laughs> and John, John was laughing because when I said like anything that annoys me or annoys us is leaving the house is not coming back. And he goes, I was wondering, is like, does that mean Zoe's going to leave? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I'm like, oh, sweet poor Zoe. She gets like the brunt of all the jokes, but she's a wild one. But it's like, there's, we only have so much time in a day. Right. And we only have so much life that we can live. We don't know like when our time is up. And so not to be like crazy dramatic or anything, but if you think about how much time you spend cleaning your stuff, buying your stuff, researching your stuff, cleaning out your stuff, all of that, it's it can be an exorbitant amount of time for most people. And then you add the stress component. It's really kind of crazy. So the whole idea of minimalism and simplifying is to just own what you need and what has value, what brings you joy, whatever you want to say. It doesn't mean you can't have beautiful decorative things that don't have a utilitarian purpose, right? Their purpose could be that they're beautiful and you love them. But you you don't have like 80 collections of different things, or you don't have clothes that don't have any purpose or need, or you don't have whatever, right? It's going to look so different for everybody. Like, one of the guys I follow said, like, he struggled in the beginning because he looked at, like, you know, typical minimalists or whatever, stereotypical. And he was like, well, we love to entertain. So we need extra dishes. We want to have, like, the fancy china. We want those things. Whereas, like, most minimalists are like one set of dishes and this mm-hmm. and that, you know? And so he kind of created his whole brand around, like you were saying, like, this is what it looks like for us. And so, That's my goal. And our goal is to help everyone figure out like just what makes you happy, right? So that you can clear out all that stuff that doesn't serve you. And then you're not spending your Saturdays cleaning out the garage, right? Because really, like we shouldn't have to clean out the garage every six months. We just shouldn't. No. uh -uh. And your home is like your sanctuary. Like that should be your happy place. And if you're always having to like be cleaning and decluttering and all that stuff, like that's so much additional stress. You should really be in your happy place. It should give you joy being in your happy place. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to do a part two next week on this. So we'll stop here as far as talking about this. But what I would love for you guys to do is send us questions, ideas, comments, anything about well, about anything, of course, but specifically about this clutter topic. We'll talk about it or minimalism or any simplification, any of the things you guys talk about, we're going to add it into the program for sure. But we certainly are excited about building this new program that we want to create that people can join. And part of that is going to be Nicole and I like do even doing some virtual decluttering with you guys if, if you want to have that component in it. So Angela at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com is where you can send that stuff. Ah, that's so exciting. <laughs> Hey, 
Hey, Sparker Tribe. So Nicole and I have talked about this a lot. You know that we are obsessed with organizing and keeping our space clear. And there is a very good reason. It gives you energy, it clears your mind, and gets you excited to do whatever it is that you want to do in your life, all from just clearing your space. So I created a free email challenge to help you do just that. It's called the seven days to make your life sparkle challenge. Go to AngelaWagnerCoaching.com slash sparkle, put in your email address, and every day I will send you one simple task that you can do to clean out your physical and digital clutter. Oh boy. There is a main challenge as well as a bonus challenge for each project. So this is a very simple, easy, and free way to start to take action in your life and help you discover what it is that sparks you. Again, that's AngelaWagnerCoaching.com slash sparkle. So I think I already kind of said this, but the try this is to go back through a room in your house that you've recently decluttered. And if you haven't recently decluttered, that's okay. Like pick a room or a closet and go at it. But find a few items that you've held onto that you don't really use or you don't love, but for some reason you still held onto them and ask yourself the question, what do I expect to achieve by keeping this item? And let us know how it goes. It's magic. It is. All right, Nicole, finish us with a shout out. So my shout out goes to an incredible woman. Um, that is my mom. We call her Nene. Um, she stayed with us throughout the entire battle of colic. This is going back to my sucky moment. She was with us the whole time through that colic episode. And she, I mean, if we hadn't had her, I don't think I would have made it. <laughs> so shout out to Nene for being an amazing woman, mother, grandmother, and thank goodness you were here during colic. Ah. <laughs> oh, we love you. Yeah. There's nothing like uh, grandparents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Next week on the Spark Podcast. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Spark. If you have a few extra minutes, as always, please leave us a review and spread the word about our podcast. We would so appreciate it. You can find show notes and blog posts at AngelaWagnerCoaching.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Right now, our handle is Coach A Wags. And again, that may change. So check in. Please share suggestions, comments, pictures, questions with us on social media or through email. Remember this week to take the time to give thanks, raise a glass, and just discover what it is that sparks you.